Marketers have been burned so much by like, oh, we got all these different technology tools and then we couldn't get them to integrate with each other and what a mess is now like the number one or number two thing on the top of buyers' minds is like, all right, well, how is this going to integrate? And to be able to have really clear, compelling stories of like, oh, okay, well, what do you want to have integrated? Okay, here it is. Here are the customers who are already using this. Here's how it works with this other integration. It becomes a real accelerator to uh, winning deals. That's Scott Brinker, VP of Platform and Ecosystem at HubSpot. Most of us know this guy because he built the MarTech landscape graphic or know him as the chief MarTech. While most podcasts want to talk to him about what's happening in MarTech, I wanted to talk to him about what is actually going on for what he's doing at HubSpot. HubSpot has become one of the go-to MarTech platforms because of all the integrations they have and created this unique app ecosystem. They have undeniable reach and undeniable power when it comes to their marketplace and the tools you can just plug and play into the ecosystem that they have on the HubSpot platform. HubSpot has known all too long that if they wanted to be one of the tech big boys, they needed to bring in all of your tools and all of your data into one place. And this is exactly where Scott came into the picture. We all know having a seamless stack is going to solve a lot of problems for marketers. And who knows this better than Scott? If it is truly an open platform with a growing and thriving ecosystem, your ability to like pull in different apps and integrations on top of that year from year is either new channels emerge, new tactics or technologies. You kind of want the best of both worlds. I want the stability, you know, on one side of the spectrum, and I want the agility to be able to experiment with other things, you know, as needed. Platform strategy gives you kind of the best of both worlds. But growing an ecosystem is not easy. Simply from a business development perspective, trying to court vendors and integrate them into your platform and then court customers on these new integrations is not really all that straightforward or something easy to get done. Having someone like Scott leading that effort for HubSpot sure had to put a lot of people at ease when going into this situation. Today, Scott's going to join us and share how he is building a thriving app marketplace at HubSpot, how HubSpot chooses these integration partners, and how HubSpot makes their customers and integration partners successful together. I'm Dan. I'm the CEO of the leading tech stack agency, Magal.io. Each week, I'm lucky enough to speak to executives and find the strategies and tactics they're using to drive revenue. And that's what Scott's going to talk to us about today. And since I'm a tech stack nerd, I'm going to ask him about the tools and the things he's doing to get this done. Now, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, and let's hear what Scott had to say. I'm Scott Brinker. I'm the VP of Platform Ecosystem at HubSpot. I'm responsible for the universe uh, of other SaaS apps that are building integrations to HubSpot and winning more business together. Everybody knows HubSpot for the most part, but how would you describe HubSpot to the audience? So HubSpot is a CRM platform. You know, we started as a product to help marketers with inbound marketing, but over the years has expanded with uh, capabilities for sales and sales engagement, for service and customer support, CMS product for websites, you know, and really truly have grown in to a very mature platform on which people can build uh, their business. And, you know, some of this platform that I think is really interesting, like when I think of HubSpot, you definitely have grown in service offerings. But a big part of that has been the integrations that you have added to the HubSpot universe. Would you say that, like, HubSpot became more of a platform once you added all these integrations? Is that Because to me, that's kind of like the definition of a platform. Yeah, you know, platforms and integrations, it is uh, the classic uh, chicken and egg. You need the open platform to get the integrations. The open platform is only valuable if you have the integrations. They call this the cold start 
hard problem. You know, so when HubSpot started out, uh, you know, a number of years ago here on this mission, a lot of it was these one-to-one partnerships and, you know, working with a few individual companies to build those first integrations. But then a lot of the work here over the past few years has been taking that from being, you know, sort of point-to-point partnerships to something that is truly more of a platform ecosystem. We still do a certain amount of, like, uh, outbound uh, partnership development, but increasingly our mission is inbound partner support. That is, other companies want to build their integration to HubSpot, uh, we can really make that process smooth and easy for them. When you think about your role and your main goal at HubSpot, like what are you really focused on, on improving or hitting? So the success of a platform is it really becomes the center of gravity in a business's tech stack that provides, well, like a center of gravity does. It provides cohesion. It provides the ability to have standardization, whether that's at a level for, you know, data, you know, the magical golden record 360 view of the customer that, you know, we've all been striving for, right? It's like trying to collect and unify that data model that's at a workflow layer. You know, how do we make sure that actions in one particular app can trigger the right sort of uh, reactions elsewhere in your stack? It's about the UI. How do we make the experience for both employees and customers who are using these tools more uh, simple, uh, coherent, uh, that you're not switching back and forth between like, you know, 15 different tabs. And then even at the governance layer, right? You know, like uh, as, you know, we have increasing pressure in marketing around compliance, you know, for data privacy and data security, like making sure that a platform can help provide some of that governance framework for all, all those other tools that are plugging in. These are all things to me that like, yeah, the purpose of a platform is to deliver that benefit and that value to customers. This is the great, uh, you know, challenge of, you know, the tech stack explosion is there's so much innovation there. But if you can't get it organized into some sort of cohesive framework, it's just really difficult for companies to take advantage of that capability. And that's super, super intriguing and interesting in regards to trying to create the cohesion of the data, which I think is one of the the hardest parts when you're working with any of these platforms, especially if you go a best-in-breed stack compared to an all-in-suite stack. I was just on a podcast talking to a huge fan of HubSpot, and they went away from the best-in-breed, and they went to the suite model because HubSpot was able to get them that 360-degree view of the customer. I'm curious in in your role, right, outside of just the platform approach, so you run partnerships. So when you think about partnerships in general, what is your main goal with, with all of what you're doing? You're trying to get new partners to join the platform, and that's ultimately probably expanding the prevention of churn of these customers in the future. But I'm curious to kind of understand, like, what are your main goals uh, through this partner program? Is it to bring on new partners the whole time? Partnerships and ecosystems, uh, one of the things that makes them so fun is uh, it's not a two-way relationship. It is a three-way relationship, right? You're trying to find that intersection of where do we create value for customers? Where do we create value for ourselves? Where do we create value for the partner? Because unless if you can get all three of those things to align, you you don't have a stable partnership. And so one of the things that I've aligned my team around is the target of active installs, which is, you know, the number of these partner apps and integrations that customers don't just install to their HubSpot CRM platform, but they actively keep using it. I feel like, okay, for customers and partners, this is a 
pretty decent measure of value for customers, right? The more of these things they integrate and they actively use speaks to the capabilities. You know, they are fundamentally getting more utility out of their platform and the things they've connected to it. For partners, uh, more of those integrations, you know, tied to either like net new business uh, that they've won of customers of that platform, or even if it was an existing customer of theirs, you know, by having an integration into something like HubSpot, you know, it sort of deepens the relationship that customer has uh, with their product, which hopefully, uh, you know, should have a nice positive impact on retention. And then for HubSpot, we benefit in a very similar way. Uh, you know, certainly you brought this up, the, the, the retention uh, cases. Very clear, very compelling. The more things people connect, you know, to their platform, they keep using, they see value to it. The likelihood that they're going to continue, you know, with that platform goes up uh, remarkably. But it also increasingly becomes a driver of net new business as well, too, because, you know, there's been a bunch of these surveys, you know, over the past couple of years where marketers have been burned so much by like, oh, we got all these different technology tools and then we couldn't get them to integrate with each other and what a mess is now like the number one or number two thing on the top of buyers' minds is like, all right, well, how is this going to integrate? And to be able to have really clear, compelling stories of like, oh, okay, well, what do you want to have integrated? Okay, this is, here it is. Here are the customers who are already using this. Here's how it works with this other integration. It becomes a real accelerator to uh, winning deals. A platform is only as good as its ability to integrate. And this is something I preach all the time. The first thing you need to consider when choosing a tool is its ability to integrate in with other tools or, you know, export its data, but really focus on that integration part. While integration is key, there's still a lot more to building a great product than just integration. Making sure your integration works, gets adopted, and actually helps your customer is really important. Scott's metric to track success of an integration through active integrations installed is perfect. This distills their three-sided value system for them. Like Scott said, the partnership needs to generate value for the technology partner, needs to generate value for the HubSpot customer, and it needs to generate value for HubSpot. They can easily see the value that's being delivered to all three constituents based upon the number of active integrations per customer. They can now see the exact value for HubSpot and they can correlate the active number of installs to churn, LTV, and other adoption things on the platform. So really, really helpful. As you might imagine, this is all about choosing the right technology partners in the first place. And if you choose the wrong partner who will not invest into the partnership or the integration does not really add value to the customer, it won't really generate returns for HubSpot. And at the end of the day, this is all about generating returns for HubSpot. Let's learn more about how Scott found these partners and got the ecosystem started. So one of the things you had mentioned was that there was three things you kind of need to make sure that you have to have a successful ecosystem. And you had mentioned that you need to, of course, have a successful partner, you need to have a successful customer. And then you also talked about how you need to make like the partner successful in this whole thing. I mean, how would you describe the initiatives you're running to make this ecosystem successful? A partner journey is not unlike uh, a customer journey. You know, it's finding a way to reach uh, prospective partners, whether that's through inbound or outbound motions. It's about being able to tell the story of what the opportunity is at the point in time that, you know, they're ready to move from evaluating that as a possibility to actually start building. Like, how do you make sure you're providing the right resources and support experience for them? Uh, One of the things I've been very uh, happy with, uh, you know, HubSpot is... It's not just my team from a partnerships perspective, uh, is we have collaborators deep into our product and engineering team. We have a team of uh, solutions architects who are like 
some of the sharpest developer leaders, uh, you know, uh, at the company, and they like work hand in hand with partners to, you know, like help them really build the best possible integration. Then once you get that built, you know, you get it listed in the marketplace. That isn't the end. That is actually the beginning uh, of the point in time of like, okay, well, what can the partner do to like drive adoption and awareness there? What can HubSpot do? How can we be on the lookout to find opportunities to plug different partners into either the right, you know, marketing or sales opportunities on our end? You know, and hopefully if you do that right, right, this is, again, never a once and done sort of thing. It is really a continually renewing investment, both on the product side and the go to market side to grow that partnership. I guess like when you think about, I mean, you've got to be able to reach out to new partners almost at scale. I mean, with the size of HubSpot, I know in the beginning it was probably, hey, more kind of one off. But how have you really kind of built this program out, right? You talked about trying to understand the category, right? And trying to make sure that you were choosing the right tools. And one of the things you brought up in um, the pre-interview was like y'all built a spreadsheet to start trying to track these tools and figure out which made the most sense. Can you tell us a little bit more about like how you started this process compared to maybe the way it is today? The old fashioned way of doing this, you know, is essentially looking at, you know, public information on the sizing of particular markets, uh, doing a little bit of customer research as to like, you know, where's the demand within our own customer base, you know, getting alignment with our own product teams, like our, the GMs of our different, you know, hubs, marketing hubs, sales hub, service hub. They're obviously very savvy, you know, on their space and have a pretty good sense of what are the complementary opportunities in the broader SaaS ecosystem to them. You know, and so you're sort of pulling this all together, you know, and then you're doing a rank ordering of from a category perspective what are tier one categories. And again, it's do fewer things well uh, is almost always a perennial advice that seems to you know work well. So being pretty choosy about just having a handful of those tier one categories. And then within those categories, we ended up using uh, you know the G2 ranking system, G2 leaders or G2 high performers as a way to say like, okay, well, who are who are the you know uh, most popular players in that space? And often there's a fair amount of competition within it, which again for us creates a great opportunity to say like, okay, well we have a prioritized list of who we would want first, but if we can't get them, here's who we would want second. Interesting. It sounds like you had to find some correlation between what would matter to your customers, find out what was popular in the marketplace, and leverage some tools like G2 you had talked about. And it sounds like there's probably some other tools used to kind of triangulate this. Once you form this list of different partners, I mean, should I assume that you were using HubSpot CRM to now track <laughs> these people and reach out to them? <laughs> you, you can assume that and you would be correct. Yeah, uh, you know, HubSpot CRM, you know, and then the combination of Google Suite for, uh, you know, everything from spreadsheets to slide presentations to the, you know, contract documents. But yeah, those were sort of the core tools. So you reach out to these partners and you're like, hey, I've got this pitch. Let's get you on the platform. It sounds like your team had to do a lot of work with these partners because you can't just throw somebody on the platform and expect your customers to be successful. I mean, it sounds like at the end of the day, you've got to, one, understand who are the right partners for your customers, but then you've got to make it so that you work with these partners to build a good enough integration and a good enough process to actually make the customers successful. Can you tell me a little bit more about like what is the flow from, hey, we've got this partner and we're going to make our customers successful with the integration? Like, how do you provide this enablement or what's that process there? Yeah, so we uh, we have basically two sides to it. Our partner managers, to me, they 
almost operate as a kind of product manager, right? It's like almost that same mentality where you want to be thinking about like, okay, what is the actual functionality that's going to matter to customers, that's going to matter to the market and be able to work with the partners to advocate for that. And then just like product managers are complemented, you know, by their technical leads, uh, you know, this is where we have that solutions architect team that can make sure that, okay, yeah, if there's a vision of what the right use cases and the right integration would look like, let's make sure it actually gets built (laughs) properly that way and, you know, works as advertised. You know, and again, just like in product management, very rarely do you start out with the uh, king-sized ultimate palace vision of like, yes, this is the integration with every bell and whistle you could ever imagine. You know, it's uh, an, an iterative process. Like, okay, well, let's start with like, you know, what would be the one or two or three use cases that would be most valuable, most useful to our shared customers here? You know, let's start with that. Let's prove it out. Let's get the feedback based on that feedback. Maybe what we were thinking is the second or third iteration is the right thing to do. Actually, maybe we'll get feedback that maybe there was an entirely different, uh, you know, use case that we hadn't really considered. And so, again, this is why I said, like, these relationships, I mean, they can be once and done. You know, I'm be honest, any ecosystem, you have a set of partners who stay engaged and then others who are less engaged. But just consistently now over these past five years, I mean, those who stay engaged from a product and go-to-market perspective continue to grow at an accelerated rate relative to those who kind of treat it as a, all right, well, that was a project. We did that integration. All right, now we're done. We'll move on. We'll forget about it. When we think about some of this, like you're trying to control the chaos, right? There's got to be a lot of different partner conversations going on. And I guess I'm really curious about like, how are you leveraging tools to make this easy with your team? What are the tools your team is using to really manage that flow? We really are using HubSpot CRM to the uh, fullest possible degree. So we treat each one of these partner relationships as a deal. It's going through different stages. You know, we're tracking the tasks associated with it, you know, on our team, uh, you know, the things we're relying on for partners. We've augmented this uh, in some cases with partners. Uh, We've experimented with having shared Slack channels uh, with a partner while they're in that building or go-to-market development stage. We've... uh, uh, been experimenting with like shared Asana boards, you know, like, okay, as we're pulling together, you know, a go-to-market plan here, you know, let's, uh, you know, have a shared Asana uh, board we can use to track that, you know, so there's a lot of things we keep experimenting with to uh, augment this, but we find again and again, the best thing for us to do is to pull as much of this into HubSpot CRM as possible, because, Aside from that being like our central source of truth, HubSpot CRM inside HubSpot is also plugged into everything else we would want. So like, oh, okay, well, you know, if we want Looker to be running, you know, like BI reports on how things happening in the ecosystem are correlating to other things, you know, happening elsewhere in the business. Okay, well, if we get into the HubSpot CRM in the right format, then Looker is able to pull that in, align that with other data from like Snowflake. We're eating our own dog food. It's like the more you can have that central platform as, you know, the gravitational center, just the more value you can get in coordinating things around it. No, absolutely. And it sounds like you, uh, as I learned not long ago, because I used to say eat your own dog food as well, was drinking your own champagne. Oh, that's a better way to say it. (laughs) I thought, I wish I would have heard that one years ago. Um, So because totally understand. And and it's great to see companies that are drinking their own champagne. Because, you know, when I was at Kissmetrics, one of the things that was really sad is that we couldn't use our own product to measure our own stuff. And that was one of the things that was like, maybe our product is not good enough, guys. If we can't use it ourselves, how do we expect our customers to be able to use this thing? 
Now, there's you have all these partners, and one of the things we talked about in the pre-interview was that you're putting them all in your own proprietary marketplace. So it's not like it's an off-the-shelf tool, and your partners are actually loading in a lot of their onboarding into that. Can you help me kind of understand the process that you've gone through to really, one, get this marketplace stood up, but as well as any of the kind of the lessons or stories that have come along with how do you make this marketplace effective or the numbers that have come around it? Yeah, so we did build our own marketplace. And part of that just goes with the HubSpot philosophy of the HubSpot platform is a very organically built. I won't pick on anyone else by name, but you know, a lot of other companies in this space, they're like, oh, well, we bought this marketing company or we bought these three marketing companies and we bought this sales company and this service company, you know. And while you can try and make all that stuff look really nice in PowerPoint, the truth is, it's, it's a hard technical environment for everyone. I mean, the advantage of it is, in theory, you can grow much faster, right? If you're willing to basically just acquire these major things faster, you can grow at a much faster rate than if you look at HubSpot. You know, I think our growth rate, you know, over that time frame was more modest because we kept investing. Like, we're not artificially accelerating this acquisition. We're just steadily, step by step, building out this common foundation and building everything upon it. Now, while that's a slower start to the race, we really do believe that's the way to win the race long term. And so this is a very deep part of HubSpot's philosophy is to just make sure that platform is really solid and complete across the uh, you know whole product line. And so for us, the marketplace was a very similar thing because we weren't seeing this as something that was going to be just tangential to you know, HubSpot. We really wanted to like bake it into HubSpot. HubSpot has done a really great job at choosing the right partners to have in the marketplace, but they realize that it is not a one and done process and there is an iterative process to get this program set up correctly. Instead of thinking their partner managers as business development folks, they think of them more as product managers. This is a unique way of doing it and it ensures that their team stays focused on iterating on the integration and the partnership to make it a success. Once you have the right partner, you need to make them a success. And this happens through iteration. And once you have a successful partnership, you need to have a way for you to take advantage of that partnership. The fact that HubSpot built their own marketplace is not all that surprising. They've been building everything themselves for years. As Scott mentioned, they're not out there acquiring companies to build Frankenstack and cobbling things together from companies they've acquired. They've taken an extreme care to growing slowly, building wisely, and focusing on the long term. And with that long term vision, they're seeing success. With this custom-built marketplace, they've also put a lot of focus on how they're enabling their partners and customers. Let's hear Scott is enabling all of this using their custom-built marketplace and more. In this marketplace, you know, the partners need to make the customer successful. You'd mentioned that kind of falls on the partner's shoulder. What type of enablement are you requiring from partners and kind of helping push the success forward? So the first is uh, the actual listing in the marketplace itself. Our marketplace team built out an incredibly rich environment where people have a fair amount of freedom in what they're able to represent in that listing, you know, have these rich videos and walkthroughs that can define specifically like what data is being passed in which particular direction. And so those partners who do a really good job with their listing, uh, right? I mean, again, they you can actually see the correlation, you know, in the acceleration of their growth because it's just easy for customers to see, oh, this is what it does. Oh, this is great. Oh, 
oh, this is how this will work. Awesome, I can run with it. So first and foremost, you know, step one in enablement, get that listing to be just awesome. Beyond that, you know, one of the things we invested a lot, you know, over this past year was opening up more enablement channels inside HubSpot, you know, doing things where we're running more town halls with different sales orgs to introduce them to, you know, products and integrations that are relevant to their particular segment. We've got uh, an enablement uh, tool that our own, uh, you know, sales and CS teams have standardized on. And so we're piping data uh, into that uh, particular sales enablement tool. We've started doing some experiments uh, with some of the account mapping tools out there, things like Crossbeam or Reveal or PartnerTap. And again, that becomes a way of like, okay, well, we can help surface up, you know, related partner opportunities to the different teams inside HubSpot. So in the scheme of things, I'd say we're still probably pretty early in what's possible uh, for internal enablement around our ecosystem, but making a lot of progress, see a lot of opportunity on the road ahead. You got to think bigger than just the marketplace uh, at that point. I mean, the the number of possible avenues that a partner who wants to grow their reputation and visibility and business inside the HubSpot ecosystem can do. First and foremost, they can engage in our community. Like we have a really rich community around HubSpot. And I've seen partners, part of their strategy of how they've won is they've engaged in these communities. Now, of course, again, as typical community rules apply, like if you dive into a community and you just start hawking your wares, that is not going to endear you, uh, you know, and have the positive impact, you know, you might have hoped for. But, you know, if you're genuinely saying like, hey, listen, we're actually experts in this particular technology, this particular capability, and we're going to start to engage in this community uh, to really help teach people, you know, about what's possible. And as part of this, build the reputation for what we're doing in our product. That works. I've seen that work, you know, time and time again when people do it well, do it genuinely. You know, HubSpot events, things like inbound, you know, it's a little bit more of a commercial tactic, but like this past inbound, we had, uh, I think, nearly like 55, 60 HubSpot partners who were exhibitors and sponsors there. Um, uh, just inbound was off the hook. I think everyone was so happy to have so much of an in-person uh, you know, event together again. The boosts for these partners were swamped. There were several new partners who really used this as a place to introduce themselves to the HubSpot ecosystem. So you've got channels like that. Another one that uh, is underutilized and has so much potential if it's done well, is there are kind of two halves to the HubSpot ecosystem, right? There's this tech partnerships world, uh, you know, that I run with people who are building integrations and apps for HubSpot. But the other half is, uh, you know, our services solutions partner ecosystem, which is huge. I mean, well over 40% of HubSpot's business, you know, goes through this channel. And these channel partners... They are the experts in particular industries, in particular regions and stages, uh, you know, of businesses. They are hungry to work with the right ISV partners who can augment and enhance the capabilities that they can provide to their clients. And for those ISVs, our channel partners can be their channel partners, but there's no shortcut to this, right? I mean, you have to go out, you have to like, you know, engage with those partners, you win the first few, you win business with their clients, you get that success, you then like amplify that and expand from there. There's not a silver bullet uh, that I found in any <laughs> ecosystem anywhere of like, oh, well, just do this one magic trick and lose 30 pounds or, you know, like gain 10,000 customers. It's hard work, but the thing that makes it exciting is when you really sit down and you think about it, 
you have a lot of strategic levers that you can pull. And then you just have to sort of go through the process of deciding, okay, prioritization, which are the one or two that's going to match best from a go-to-market perspective with our offering? And how do we do those really, really well? Are there any two or three partners that have really like been a lot of fun to roll out or have like some cool stories? Oh, well, you know, you're asking me about my favorite children. Um, <laughs> I love all of them. I, I'll tell you what, though. I will give a shout out to one because they, they were one of the pioneers. Like most of our partners are SaaS companies that then have built an integration to HubSpot. But we're starting to see a larger and larger set of partners who basically are creating a product for HubSpot, for the HubSpot ecosystem exclusively. Uh, and one of the first ones to do that was a company called OrgChart Hub that built this amazing product. And they've now built a series of other products around that. They were ones who like, man, they mastered that strategy. I mean, basically a company that didn't exist, uh, you know, a few years ago. Not the benefit of having millions of dollars of, you know, venture capital, really a classic bootstrap business. But the way in which they engaged with the HubSpot community, the way they developed tight relationships with HubSpot channel partners, they grew a business here that has thousands and thousands of customers, you know, now running their different products. They're an absolute case study in how if you really want to invest, you know, in winning over an ecosystem, even on a bootstrap budget, you can do some pretty amazing impact. How do you think that they like got started and were able to be so successful? I mean, what were the things that they did? So again, first is understanding a need, <laughs> like understanding, I mean, as all product management comes down to, is there something that, you know, customers, if they were to see that, they'd be like, oh, yes, I want, you know. And so for all the talk about, you know, account-based marketing, the truth is there hasn't been a ton of innovation from a visual experience perspective of how companies think about, you know, running ABM plays and their sales teams, you know. And so I think OrgChart Hub had some really great visions of like, hey, we can actually make this a much more engaging, a more tangible way for people to approach this and they'll get more value out of it as a result. It almost becomes a framework and a playbook for how to run that. So I think having a really great product idea, really executing it well is a good start. But then again, it's, this organic engagement in the community, the organic engagement, like every customer they won, it was an important customer to them. You know, so they were making sure those customers were successful. They were getting like great ratings and reviews in the marketplace as a result of that. You know, they took that same sort of approach, you know, to our channel ecosystem, you know, building relationships with these leading agencies. They put in a ton of work uh, to do it. But yeah, now they've reaped uh, the benefit of that. And like when they come out with a new product now, they've got an install base of thousands and thousands of HubSpot customers who are love them, who are very eager to see what they do next. They've earned themselves a wonderful uh, you know, place in the ecosystem. Yeah, and I think the tool is really cool. Uh, I actually saw them uh, quite some time ago and was really impressed by what they've done. I'm interested, so like when you think about advice that you would give to other people who are building an ecosystem or a platform approach similar to like what HubSpot is, what lessons have you learned along the way? Building an ecosystem is hard. I was very enthusiastic about this coming into HubSpot because, again, coming from that MarTech landscape where I know it's not my fault that there were all those companies, but I somehow felt like the proxy person that people would blame of like, Scott, why it's your fault that there's all these different things and they don't work together. Um, so I, I, I genuinely felt with that pain and it was so clear, like the opportunity 
to provide cohesion in that market would just pay huge dividends to everyone. Yeah, but the truth is, like, well, I think everyone will sort of agree with that at a very high strategic level. You know, when you've got a company that has not really built a tech ecosystem before, and they've more been focused on building their own products, selling their own products, it's a pretty big worldview shift to start to think about, okay, well, we're not just building our own products. We are truly building a platform to enable other people to build product capabilities on top of this. And similarly on our go-to-market side, you know, it's not just about like selling, well, what is HubSpot built? Well, we built this, so we'll sell you that. But really starting to incorporate into the DNA of that, the recognition that the value is the combination of HubSpot and all of these ecosystem solutions around it. And that's a big change in worldview. It definitely was a multi-year, you know, shift inside HubSpot. And that was even with like, yeah, you know, the founders, you know, uh, Brian and Darmesh, two of the biggest champions, you know, for this strategy from the very beginning. But even with that, you know, executive level support, it's just for an organization at scale to evolve its thinking and its practices to really embrace, you know, a platform worldview. Yeah, that's no small feat. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely not something that would come easily. You know, as like the godfather of MarTech in general, right? Like, what are some of the recommendations you might give to other people who are trying to just build their first MarTech stack? If they're trying to figure out how do they build one of these tech stacks, like what would be the advice you give them? Well, at the risk of now sounding self-serving uh, here uh, in in the context of you know the HubSpot platform ecosystem, in all seriousness, um, pick a platform. Maybe depending on the scale of your business, you will end up with two platforms or possibly three platforms. But this you know prioritizing to basically take the work of integration off of your shoulders and push it to your primary vendors to say like, okay, if we're picking HubSpot as the center of our stack then that becomes one of the things that we're going to hold. You know, we can augment this with all sorts of tools, but we're going to hold the line. If we're adding it to our stack, it's got to integrate with HubSpot uh, because we're not going to let these things, you know, uh, create these sort of, uh, you know, silos, not just silos of data, but silos of process, silos of experience. If it is truly an open platform with a growing and thriving ecosystem, your ability to, like, pull in different apps and integrations on top of that year from year as either new uh, channels emerge, new tactics or technologies come up. You kind of want the best of both worlds. I want the stability, you know, on one side of the spectrum, and I want the agility to be able to experiment with other things, uh, you know, as needed. Platform strategy gives you kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think it's hard, you know, when you have to pick the platform, when you're trying to figure all these things out and then pick the platform based upon its integrations, it makes the the decision-making process really, really hard. But I think going to one of your points, if you pick the right platform, it makes it so you have to do less integration. And I think, you know, don't get me wrong, and I don't want people to always take this advice because like that's where I make my money in my business is integration work. But at the end of the day, like integration is one of the most costly things. And while I am totally a capitalist and love the fact that people need my services, at the same time, like I wish sometimes it was a lot easier for many of these integrations. So I think you're you're straight on right there. Man, getting an insider look at HubSpot partner strategy has been really awesome. 
I don't think I've ever heard Scott talk about the partner program at HubSpot on a podcast before. Everyone is always doubling down on the MarTech landscape that he built. And I'm not going to lie. We talked about the MarTech landscape too, but I cut that out from this episode and we'll share that with you somewhere else soon. Okay. So don't worry. We got you back here. Let's go over the big takeaways from my conversation with Scott today though. First, integration is a key to business success. We talked about how companies care a lot about where their customer data is kept, how it can be integrated and how easily it is for their team to have a cohesive way to manage that data and its integrations. With the way HubSpot is building their platform, not only the marketplace, but the platform as a whole, these partnerships really make it a lot easier for their customers to do their job. Since they're a plug and play situation for their customers, it's really able to help them drive additional revenue. Second, when you build a platform and have these marketplaces, you need to make sure your customers and your tech partners are successful. Platforms are not a set it and forget it thing. While there are app ecosystems like WordPress and Shopify, which mainly run on their own, there has been a concerted effort at HubSpot to ensure they create the proper enablement to make all parties successful. This is one of the ways that HubSpot is able to increase LTV and reduce churn by having their marketplace. Third, we talked about building your stack around a platform. We've talked a lot about this before, and most recently we had Dan Wolschmidt from Panzura. They grew over 400% in the past year because they're baked into HubSpot. They chose the right platform to run their team on, and they have everybody integrated together, so that way they have good customer data they can rely on, and they have a good way to dominate in their market. So it does really matter the platform that you choose. I'm not saying HubSpot's the only one, but they definitely have done a great job at getting this out in the market. Hey, that's going to be it for today. Thanks for listening. Please do me a favor. Give us a subscription, leave us a review, and come back and check us out next week. Bye.